0: We've done so much recording over the last few days. Recording,
1: editing.
0: I don't even know what this is and when this will come out. Well, I know one thing.
1: 183? 184.
0: 184 is what this will be. Everybody
1: has just got two magnificent episodes from
0: TupeloCon. Yes. And a new episode on our other podcast channel called death savers where we play D and record it
1: so i mean our fans really have a lot to which rug. that's the
0: first death savers episode we've put out in two years and you can't rush greatness <laughs> <laughs> so you've already heard um tupelo Con day one and day two episodes um i don't have a a whole lot of announcements to make. Well, we got a lot of shout-outs. But we outs got a lot of shout-outs from TupeloCon that we d- didn't make. We gather a lot of flyers and business cards. And, you know, there's a lot of vendors there that work really hard. And we, we wanted to get them contacts, all a shout A lot of friends. Yeah, we did. Um, I don't know if this will air before July 30th. Probably will. But it'll be close to it. And I was just going to announce some uh, Kill J dates. Shameless promotion bill, you mean that band's still together, yeah, <laughs> and they've got four gigs coming up,
1: damn are they making up for lost time?
0: I guess look at them go people ask us to do shows and we say yes, I uh, normally we say no July thirtieth no, we don't
1: <laughs>
0: people tell us no, we don't tell them though mm. no. July thirtieth we'll be at Cruz and Amory we're playing at uh we're not playing in the park this year we're playing at smoking Bros. In front of well, in front of Smoking Bros in the parking lot, they're gonna have a stage set up a lot like they did the um, I mean, at, at, the, at the rail festival. Um, we're not playing down towards the park at the. I think going forward, the status quo for the second stage is gonna be over at Smoking Bros. We got a let's just say a better situation there at the moment.
1: Well, can we say that we can drink outside there? Yeah. And that would be the
0: better situation. Well, you have to be inside the this little fenced off. Not fenced off, but you can see where you drink. But yes, you can stand in front of you can stand there if you're of age in front of us and listen us play and drink beer. Um, and no, got good food. Very good food. November the nineteenth, we're going to be at Change. Change is a um, skate shop. It's a skate shop and they have an indoor half pike or whatever, ramp, uh, some type of ramp. I'm some type sure of skate. I'm not versed well in skateboarding, but it's a, like we'll be playing and there'll be people doing tricks on their skateboards in this pit thing in there. I thought we was in the pit. No, I don't think so.
1: Uh, so'll well, get there and check that out
0: I'll get more details about that show later October 28th we're playing the first annual Grayfest in Corinth Mississippi at Muggs Choppers this is a show that was booked last year and something happened I can't remember what it was but they're like they went ahead and booked us for the next year I'm like wow I've been booked six months out but never a year out and and that's so close to Halloween it's on a Friday, and that and Halloween will be on that Monday.
1: Uh, I hate those shows.
0: But it's just in Corinth, so it's not like we got to travel and stay the night and all that stuff. No,
1: it's not. But nobody will be there because everybody's going to be out. Uh no. Heads. If
0: you've looked at the event page, they're already. The deck is stacked. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stay positive about it. We got a Greyfest, We got the Red Mountain. Kill Jay, Roses Unread. Jack Mullins. Higher than hell and more TBA. I don't think I've ever heard of higher uh, higher, apostrophe in not higher than but higher in hell.
1: Them and more TBA, I haven't heard of.
0: Uh, this is going to be outside. Oh, it is an outside venue, it is an outside gig. It's uh, what is it, eight dollars for tickets. Oh, they've even got a link to buy tickets online. You can get an advance ticket for $8, you can pay $10 at the door. But for that many bands, $10 is not too much to ask.
1: Well, I'm wondering if this is going to be the... I know it's a
0: Halloween.
1: Uh, This is
0: the Friday before Halloween, so there's definitely going to be people in costume. It's a
1: Halloween show going by the flyer. Halloween Music Festival. Yeah, it says
0: Al- so if- Alcorn. This is Alcorn County. Alcorn's yeah. first annual Halloween Hard Rock and Metal Music Festival.
1: So, I wonder if if this That's is a uh, costume party welcome or costumes welcome. Absolutely.
0: You know? Then fast forward to 2023, January the 21st, at the Tupelo Furniture Market where we just did Tupelo Con. But it says this will be in Building 5. I don't know what building Tupelo con was in. Is,
1: it's either building one or building five because they got them. 'em they're at opposite ends of the parking lot.
0: If you know where the furniture market is, you should be able to to find it. it and there'll be a lot more about that coming up. I just so, wanted to yeah, go ahead and what is this?
1: Is I, this a con or is this a show? No, or? it's a
0: it's a gig. There's gonna be a bunch of bands there and wow they contacted contacted me and wanted us to play and I was like, Okay. Nice. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'll do it. When you get my age, you don't have many shows There's going to be left for people before people quit calling. So just try to say yes to all of them if you can. That's the way I look at it. Um, we don't have a lot of news. I imagine there's going to be another segment of this later on where we like start over and almost do two podcasts in one. But uh, I read somewhere, and this isn't. You know I'm a Friday the 13th nerd. Um, this isn't a huge announcement because they've been saying this for a while and this isn't anything official, but Blumhouse Studios, uh, which has brought us some really, really good iconic horror movies, yes. uh, is interested in purchasing the rights to Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street and wanting to do another Freddy vs. Jason with Robert England and cane hotter
1: so you think they'll take out the cheesy part where jason's afraid of water and
0: that movie and i'm not going into great detail because i've talked about this before in previous episodes but that movie could use a do-over do-over and it should have been Kane to start with i uh, really so don't they care can- who
1: was behind the mask i just if, the, if you're going to play with canon keep your canon right
0: well, that when people talked about Freddy versus Jason, they were talking about that Jason and that Freddy, and that's Robert Englund and Kane Hodder. And like I said in a previous episode, I won't try not to repeat myself too much, but I'm not saying I hated Freddy versus Jason. It's a good film, but I thought it was an I, I believe movie. they that Kane deserved to play Jason against Robert Englund's Freddy in that in that movie, but again. This isn't even speculation. It's just they're interested in trying to get the rights. But if they do, that would be great because, dude, they've made some great movies. I know
1: Blumhouse is really on the up and rising. But you think they got the kind of money it takes to buy one or the other, not just both of them?
0: I know, and you're coming off this big, huge lawsuit that finally got settled between the – the original writer and the studio on the rights to Friday the 13th, um, both both sides will have to get paid just within the Friday the 13th camp. not to mention what you would have to pay to get Freddie. I don't think they'll sell. I mean... Now that,
1: that lawsuit's over, that's opening so many new avenues of revenue for Friday the 13th.
0: Well, in related news, this just uh, hit today on ScreenGeek.net. According to Sean Cunningham, um, he was the director of the first Friday the 13th film, and he's been involved off and on throughout the entire franchise. He says there's a 50-50 chance of a new Friday the 13th movie, and he wants it to be a prequel. Which means... Prequel to the first one? I guess. Which means you're not going to have Jason in it as the grown hockey mask wearing machete wielding version that we are familiar with. So he
1: would be the, maybe the young kid that...
0: Well, let me just, I won't read this whole thing, uh... The rights to Friday the 13th multimedia franchise are pretty messed up, to say the least. As fans know at this point, a legal debacle between the original Friday the 13th screenwriter, Victor Miller, and director Sean Cunningham have put the series on hold. This means no new movies or television shows, and it also stopped future updates for the Friday the 13th game. Now a new update on the Friday the 13th lawsuit has been released, and unfortunately it's not particularly uplifting for fans that want a new movie. This update comes via CNN, where they attempted to put the current rights issue into perspective. In order to do this, they spoke with a member of Victor Miller's legal team, Malibu Copyright Attorney Mark Tubroff. He discussed the current legal situation and what impact Victor Miller will have on any future of the Friday the 13th movies or projects. And we talked about this before. Uh, One side owns the name Friday the 13th, the name Jason Voorhees, the name Pamela Voorhees, and the name Crystal Lake. But then beyond that, the studio owns... The likeness? The likeness of the hockey mask-wearing, full, grown-up Jason Voorhees that we all know. So one, one side can use one part, and the other side can use the other parts. And you just can't... I mean... About all they could do, I speculated, is a remake of the first one, which the, the first one's kind of perfect, so you really don't need to. A prequel, I don't know what you would get into, other than Pamela Voorhees' descent into madness as she deals with everything. I don't they know.
1: Assumed dead of her child, but this
0: this will be a way for them to avoid having to come to an agreement on both sides because they don't they won't use hockey mask, jason like in friday the 13th part one and two well two he was grown up and it, that was jason Voorhees. but, but yeah he, he had he didn't get the hockey mask well, till three side. yeah um but you wouldn't be able to do any of that but I, again the, the full grown hockey mask wearing jason is what is iconic to that franchise so it's going to be hard not impossible but
1: we'll we just have to wait and see what happens on that 'cause
0: I hope the uh the first
1: sequels either do really good or they completely bomb
0: well like uh, you look at the remake from two thousand nine like they covered part one, two, three, and everything Because they, they did the flashback of Pamela getting beheaded they covered Jason with the potato sack and then they they showed Jason finding the hockey mask, and they kind of go through chronologically they don't leave out anything as far as the previous stuff and you're just stripping away a huge part of that franchise yeah Jason didn't appear in part one until the very end as a little boy but I mean there's been 11 other movies with well 10 other movies at least with the Jason that everyone in the world recognizes you know so I don't know. We'll we'll keep you posted on that. I probably talk about Friday the Thirteenth too much, but we were told recently that we talk about Doctor Who too much, and which I, I we've been to told say, that me and Anthony talk about brewing beer too much.
1: Y'all talk about Batman, or not y'all? We talk about Batman and Friday the Thirteenth way more than we talked about Doctor Who. In my defense. I think think Dr. Who
0: gets mentioned, but we don't really elaborate that much. We don't spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, because I could do
1: a podcast of my own just on Dr. Who. (laughs) Uh,
0: We'll probably, in the next segment of this podcast, do more announcements. But let's get into our shout-outs for TupeloCon. And kudos to you for collecting.
1: Do we just want to reach in the hat and pull out a card? Uh, Just start pulling them out.
0: (laughs) Um, Like, okay, here, we got a Tupelo Haunted Castle business card. You went around and collected way more than i did well a lot of them was brought to us and dropped off yeah a lot of people do that too Uh, especially if they stood and talked to us for
1: a little bit or we went by and talked to them at their booth they make sure to come back by and give us a card
0: and you'll have to uh, a lot of these have barcodes on them where you can scan and get more information and obviously i can't translate that over an audio medium but you can find all these people online tupelo haunted castle has a website the tupelo haunted that's with the the and um there we had a discussion with them and i don't want to give away any spoilers but they're they got some big plans this year and we're looking forward to and
1: i'm hoping we can we really want to be a part of tupelo haunted castle more this year than we kind of have been in the past because, man, they are great folks, people. If y'all don't know Barney Harris and Josh and just that entire family, man, they are just awesome people.
0: And uh, if you pay attention to our social media, we've already posted a link to uh, the podcast we did with Kana car Media. Well, they've already heard that podcast, hopefully. Yeah, we posted a link to it on our Facebook page. Um, I think it... The link that we posted opens in spotify if i'm not mistaken but that goes to their
1: podcast with us
0: yeah and their podcast is called on blast with Canacar media yes we had a good time talking they were on episode one day one with us and then we went to their booth and did one with them and had a good time so check them out um This says Celeb Games. No, Glebe Games. Why did I say Celeb? I shouldn't be reading these because I'm blind. you want me to read them? Um, The rest of them, yeah. Uh, Glebe Games is based out of Corinth, Mississippi. I don't remember talking to them. Did you? I think they might have had. Okay.
1: All right, let me reach in the hat.
0: You got a bunch more. Uh, the gentleman
1: that was posted up beside us, Mr. Jeff Jones, oh he yeah. does a blog on places to eat. And he goes out and he promotes your restaurant. If you've got a specific meal that you're extremely proud of, you get a hold of him and you're like, Hey, come, you know, check us out which you can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Google by either Typing in eating out with Jeff Jones uh eating out with jeff jones dot wordpress dot com or just Google Jeff Jones.
0: I wonder if he's done the gemstone yet that'd be
1: you know I want to say him and Anthony was talking about it, but I don't know if he did because he knew about park Place and Amory.
0: I wanted to mention uh this company because. I spent a lot of time, uh, a pretty good while talking to them. It's Misty Mountain Gaming. They have a YouTube channel. They do uh, videos every Monday. They have Twitch streams Monday and Friday at 7 p.m. They have a Discord, and, of course, they have social medias, but they're, they're doing uh, D&D gaming. And what they do at their table is they sell... A bunch of really cool D&D products. Every kind of dice and dice towers and uh, dice holders. And um, they sell these really cool books. And I bought two of them last year. One for me and one for Alicia. And I've talked about it before. These books are so cool. They're supposed to be for taking notes for games. But they're so cool I don't want to write in them because I don't want to mess them up. Well, this year they had the granddaddy of all books like that. And, again, these are, like, really cool medieval, like, old-style-looking leather-bound books with old, worn-looking pages. And they're completely blank. You you just write in them what you want. But they had one this year that was literally, I'm holding my hands up about, what, is that two feet?
1: 18 inches, two foot. And then
0: about this wide. So it's a little taller than it was wide, like a normal book. It was about... Pfft, Six inches thick? T- yeah, eight or ten inches thick. It was heavy. Like, if you slam this down on a table, you're going to knock stuff off the table and maybe even break the table if it's if it's not sturdy enough. And I was like, what is this, like $500? And she was like, yeah, it's $500. And I was like, dude, I don't know what I would do with this book, but I would have loved to have bought that. Family history. Yeah, and you would have to have a, a long line of lineage of family i'll let you read this one because it's a lot of words well that's just a con but okay uh
1: i want to talk about jonathan mcdaniels he's an artist and he's been he's been on the podcast before he's an alum he's been around for a couple years at the tupelo con but we were going through this year and uh of course you know we go out and we hand our stickers out to everybody and he just he just reminded us, yeah, man. We we talked, you know, last year, the year before, and so we stood around and caught up. But he's now doing uh, comic book covers. So of course, I had to pick up two of the comic
0: books he had. Oh, those were the one. Yeah, those look cool. Yeah,
1: and he's got. Six and what was
0: the connection to? You explained that to me. Uh,
1: one of them is Vampirella's daughter. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just something you'd really have to go through and look up. But uh, he is awesome. And you can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Jonathan McDaniel's 94 So, yeah, give him a, a shout out. Give him a holler. Let him know where you heard about him and, you know, get some of his stuff. Then there was somebody else that was right on the other side of us, on the other side of Jeff. And of anybody that gets on TupeloCon's Facebook page and they see a majority of the pictures that is posted is done by Ignited Digital Marketing. And they had this cool thing this year where everybody put their business card in this bowl And uh, they were going to draw for a free website design. So you can always Google them if you're in in digital marketing uh, looking for, you know, somebody to do pictures or a website or or anything like that.
0: I'm sorry. I'm falling down on job as far as handing you stuff. Uh, We got Ragdoll Company.
1: Mine and Anthony's. She does handmade
0: dolls. Where were they set up this year?
1: Uh almost all the way to the back on the right side. Okay. But they're everything they do, everything that her and talk and Taki does is all handmade. They do a lot for uh the Saltillo art scene. They always set up for it. And you can always go to their website, raggeddollcompany.com, or you can check out their Facebook at Ragged Doll. I'm not sure if it's Ragged Doll Company or just Ragged Doll on Facebook. But check them out. They're always selling stuff on there. And uh, she will have pretty much anything. That you like, and if not, you can you know, message them, and they do custom orders.
0: Could they do me a Jason doll?
1: They had uh, Jason dolls over there. That's
0: right. I think I saw one last year. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I, th- I remembered. I they thought, got the
1: little... And most of their stuff is plushies-type style stuff. Uh, they do a lot more in the horror genre. hmm But uh, I mean, they, they do just about anything custom. You can... They make dolls. Uh, We had her. She was going to make a doll of me back when I had my red mohawk.
0: (laughs) That would have been awesome. We've got it back now.
1: Well, sort of. But, yeah, they do all kinds of stuff. And this is for Arkansas Comic Con. Oh, dude. Have we checked in on this yet?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Uh, It's another Comic-Con. It is in Little Rock, Arkansas, and it is September 10th and 11th. I'm not going to go through who all is going to be in it. Uh, You can
0: Facebook it or Google it. I think that's the one. Let me see that flyer. Kevin Conroy is going to be there.
1: Oh, sweet. The voice of Batman.
0: The voice of Batman, yeah. So is Tom Arnold.
1: there's going to be a lot of wrestlers there Trish Stadish you know I lied I am going to go through and read it (laughs) Uh, you got Amy Jo Johnson who was Pink Power Ranger Tarm Arnold Tara Strong which does the voice of the blonde Powerpuff Girl does the voice for one of the fairies on My Fairly Godparents
0: oh yeah the kids used to watch that back in the day
1: I still watch it. I'm not even gonna lie. Does the uh, voice of Raven on a uh, Teen Titan Go? Then, like my, Mark said, you got Kevin Conroy. You got Charles Marnetti, who is the voice of Mario. Trish Statish, Strat. Oh, I can't speak. I'm Trish sorry. Stratus. Trish Stratus. Lita. Logan Kim, which I'm not sure who that is. Oh, dude, we got to go. It, even if we, it's just to see see Thomas Howell. That would be so awesome. And, of course, one of my hugest crushes ever, Joey Lauren Adams. You got Jason Narvey, Uh Paul Schreier. Stephen Butler, which looks like he's a comic in the comic industry for Spider-Man. Jerry Bingham, which is in Batman comics. Bryce Papenbrook. I'm uh, I'm not sure who that is. What's the date on that again? September 10th and 11th.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, oh, and David Matragna. I'm butchering your name. I am so sorry. He does the voice of, uh, uh, Oh, I can't think of his name off My Hero My Hero Academia along with Josh Greel. But man, y'all should check this place out. This is uh it's nice. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Or you'll see us there. You got two left. There you go. Underrated Comics. Christian Cavanell and Nathan Christie. Uh, they don't have... Oh, yeah, they do. YouTube and Facebook. Just look up underrated comics. I didn't talk to them. They came by and left a card for us.
0: Which, by the way, we highly encourage everybody to do.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, if you want a shout-out or... I don't talk about Jonathan.
0: Hey, and if you want to do an interview with us, if we don't ask you, it's okay to ask us. And Unless you're that one lady...
1: Oh Tennessee Tater Chip! <laughs> I don't know, man. I might we have en- to go back to we uh, want to enjoy interview in
0: Tennessee Tater Chip.
1: I didn't cut that out of the interview, by the way. Which <laughs> everybody that's heard it, they'll know exactly who we're talking about.
0: That might have been interesting. You never know. Uh,
1: I don't think so. I would not want to edit that. I just want to go ahead and I'd put that off. That one off on you.
0: So this is going to be. We're at the end of I think uh, close to the end of this segment. What do you predict is going to be on the rest of this episode? Either more talk about Batman or Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I probably shouldn't talk anymore about Friday the Thirteenth. I'm going. I'm fixing to do a uh, Patreon exclusive episode. Oh, we talked about that. About that. Yeah. yeah. That's that's and I can. That's something I can do, even if I'm just here by myself and I can't get everybody together. Um, I'm just going to run through. I'm going to call it the the mini masks of Jason Voorhees or something like that. I'll tell you what you can
1: do. If you do it by yourself, just go through all the old podcasts and edit out little sound clips of us going, Oh, dude, man, that's really awesome. You know, we got enough content out there that any
0: any three or four of us that regularly appear on the show, we could make it sound like we're all there.
1: With some clever editing, that would uh, we could probably yeah. If I was really good at editing, I could do a whole anything. new
0: podcast without even any of us being there. Oh, uh, let's not try that. I'm not. Maybe a thousand years from now, when technology could like do that without us, they'd make a new episode of Real Pop Culture.
1: We've probably said every word right and wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, next ep- Uh, next segment. Maybe we'll get a uh, email. It's which, definitely
0: going to take place at least a week from now. So there'll be new stuff to talk about. We through the emails and stuff that we've gotten. Yeah, sometimes when we hit pause, we go take a break and come right back that day. Sometimes we hit pause. Like three episodes ago, we hit pause, and I wound up getting COVID, and it was like two weeks two later, weeks later. <laughs> when we wound up uh, finishing that out. Well, you know what? Let's just go ahead and make this short and
1: sweet. And uh, unless we, you do got something you want to talk about.
0: I just wanted to get those shout-outs in and uh, that those show dates. Because, you know, I'm a shameless promoter of what I do. We all are. The otherwise. ultimate opportunist. And it was an opportunity. And I took it.
1: Otherwise, we wouldn't be in a podcast.
0: All right, well. You're gonna hear us again in a few minutes, but for us, it's gonna be a few days, dude. I think I messed up. You ate too much. I think I ate too much. I mean, you ate a lot. Not not any more than or less than I've eaten before, but
1: well, that's not really
0: considered a lot. I but it's a, if I ate a medium pizza, I would I would be miserable, full. I think it's just because it's the meat lovers and there's so much toppings. Well, on here's it. the most important question. Was it good? It was pretty good. Well, gotta say the
1: jalapenos
0: wasn't. What else over have you? The top. Whatever's you eat today. That's it. That's what I figured. So you basically ate ate like a boa constrictor today.
1: I mean, I kind of eat like that anyway. This only is one big meal and kind of last me, you know, an entire day.
0: This is supposed to be our sound check, but I think I'm just going to roll with it. Well, I thought the what we
1: just did was a sound check.
0: Yeah, but I did it on the other track. But these WAV files look just like what we did earlier. Yeah, they so. look good. All right, so we were wrong about one thing. I know that's going to be a shocker because we're usually whoa. No, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. We uh we talked like it was going to be a week before we finished this podcast out.
1: Well, in our defense. <laughs> I technically wasn't supposed to be here today.
0: So you're like the guys from Clerks? Yeah. Well, at least Dante. At least Dante. But, uh,
1: yeah, I was supposed to have went back home today. I got up, walked outside, realized it was 10 million degrees outside. And I was like, nope, not doing it. It was bad. So I went back and crawled back on the couch and went to sleep. (laughs) Uh,
0: One update, that uh, an unfortunate update that developed over the course of the day... That I need to uh, I need to let everybody know That That Kill J show I can't reach the bill. Um, On July 30th Cruise and Amory Has been cancelled You I, know
1: there's a couple people We need to message about I know help.
0: I don't know why either uh, When I talk to Rob I'll find out But Evidently the It's not just us Like the whole thing Is off At At the Smoking Bros stage So No clue but uh, the other three shows that I, that I talked about are still a go, as far as I know. As None of a, right now. As of right now, they are still a go. So uh, if you want to come see us, that's how you do it. Um, we learned something tonight. We learned two things tonight. We found out that heat lightning it's does not ex- it does not exist. It's not a thing. It's just lightning. And you know it's hot, which I'm assuming all lightning is hot. But oh, it's I'm hot outside. Sure. I've heard about heat lightning. and all Oh, that's just heat lightning. When you got a storm, I've heard all my life, all my life. But according to uh, the sources we looked up, it's that's not a, not real, a thing. Man. Yeah. So R.I.P. Heat lightning. Is it too soon? I mean, I feel like it's too soon, man. It's it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday. We <laughs> little boys to men <laughs> on, on the scene here. Um. Well, you just kind of throw me for a loop on that one. Uh. Another thing, this led me down a a shallow rabbit hole, shallow for us. But well, we'll call this a molehill. <laughs> I was surprised that, uh, to find out that that led me on to looking up ball lightning. I'm surprised that scientists agree that ball lightning is real because ball lightning almost crosses over From science into the paranormal realm just because of the way it is described to behave uh there's been a lot of uh eyewitnesses um, a lot
1: of video footage
0: eyewitnesses saying that uh ball lightning entered their home and floated through their house like an orb and would travel through walls um those people were high well there's been there was a, a packed airplane um i haven't read this in a while so i'd have to look it up but It was this big airliner, and same thing, a big bright orb entered and floated down the aisle and left the plane.
1: Well, the one time I've seen Ball Lightning personally, we was on a plane, but it wasn't – it didn't come through the plane. You could just see it off – I'm hoping it was off the wing. (laughs) There's something on the wing. Yeah, it was out past, and you could just see it. It just erupted – and just kind of followed along for, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, and then just disappeared.
0: Well, this is what I pulled up. It says, is ball lightning a real thing? Scientists seem to agree ball lightning is real, even if they don't fully understand what causes it. Researchers researchers from Lanzhou, China's Northwest Normal University, inadvertently recorded ball lightning at an event, while studying a 2012 thunderstorm, using a video using video cameras and spectrometers. I would like to ghost. remind me to watch that video when we get done. I'd like to see that. But yeah, used to ball lightning was just kind of a myth, kind of a urban legend. And uh, well, you know, the, like uh, I said, particularly because of the way it behaves.
1: A lot of Foo Fighter people who think that what the Foo Fighters saw was ball lightning. Like the band, the Foo Fighters. No, the the whole reason Foo Fighter band got their name is from the jet fighters uh, who was fighting Germany. I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: you know, I didn't get interested in history until way after I got out of college, and now I wish I'd applied myself more. It's never too late. Well, no, but I'm just not going to take any classes. But I'm interested in it. Uh, no, one big thing I wanted to talk about. Do you have any announcements? No, I don't. I pulled up. Um, oh, I do. I saw on, on Facebook that they greenlit Mortal Kombat Two. Now this will be uh, the continuation of the the one from twenty twenty one. Well, let me just read. Uh, Mortal Kombat is returning as New Line will head into production on a sequel to 2021's franchise reboot. They will also be bringing back director Simon McCoy, who will helm the pro- project from screenwriter Jeremy Slater. The 2021 film was McCoy's first film as a director.
1: Oh, wow, dude. He knocked that in the park. For so me.
0: I'm going to say if, if it's just heading into production, and we're, we're at least looking at a 2023.
1: Late 2023, probably. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's weird, Um, and a lot of it, some of it, has to do at least with when they want the movie to come out. They they want to space them out to where it comes out, not on top of a potentially rivaling movie. But sometimes it, it seems like it takes them forever to crank out a movie, and then sometimes you'll hear about a movie heading into production, and the next thing you know, you're like, "Oh wow! Well, let's go."
1: A lot of it is quality of the movie. Well, sure.
0: I really, I, I looked up to see when uh, Thor 11 Thunder is going to come to Disney Plus because I've been wanting to get to the theater to watch it really bad and I still have time. But there's just been so many things going on that I couldn't make it. But,
1: I practically gave up going to the theater anymore.
0: Uh, yeah. And I see I wanted to go watch Doctor Strange. I did too. But luckily it came to streaming pretty quick. And I still hadn't watched it. Oh, really? Just good. But it's going to be on Disney Plus, uh, well, according to this, it should be there around August 22nd, uh, which would be a month from now, if that's correct. Just so you know. Now, the main thing I wanted to talk about is uh, me and you watched the new trailer for the new Dungeons & Dragons movie. Epic. Epic
1: is yeah. what I would have
0: to say about
1: if the trailer. You know I'm I hate watching trailers.
0: Every now and then you get a good one though that doesn't well, give away too much well, that's but, the problem. but gives you enough to get you excited about it.
1: It either doesn't give away anything or the way it's cut together the trailer is better than the actual movie
0: sometimes. And sometimes they give so much away that it's just a downright spoiler. Yeah. So that's the reason um, I try to stay I didn't away get from that from this trailer i didn't get anything that felt spoilery to me well it's kind of hard um, in a D
1: esque movie to really give away any spoilers but
0: that being said if you're the kind of person that a preview or a trailer it you consider it to be a spoiler then uh that's why we kind of put this towards the end of this episode in case you want to not listen to it um, well, I mean, but just don't go watch we the trailer. Don't, we don't know anything beyond the trailer. Kind uh, so star-studded cast for a that's D&D the movie. first thing that surprised me. That's that's your, you know, your warning. If you and there is some stuff that I'm not like. There, there is some stuff though that. I'm just like I don't want to know anything. Yeah, I don't want to watch a trailer. I don't want to see a headline. I don't even want somebody to tell me if it's good.
1: Well say, that's what I'm scared but about. The, with but trailers.
0: this, I, I wanted to see the trailer, and I'm glad I watched it because it's really good and it got me excited. Which, which is what a trailer's supposed to do. Yeah, oh, bah, bah, yes. but they venture off course sometimes, and they just make bad trailers for for lots of different reasons and a lot of different ways. Matter huh. <clears throat> Genesis. Oh God, that's probably the worst offender. <laughs> Gave away like. Not just a spoiler for the movie, but a spoiler for the entire franchise in the preview. Yeah, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like
1: like I remember that one
0: slipped by accident; it was too late to pull it back. I was sitting in the theater when I saw that trailer. I don't remember what movie I was there to see, but I literally cussed out loud in a movie theater. I was like, are you kidding me? You say (laughs) it. I mean, you got to edit it. Yeah. (laughs) Or, may, no, I said, you got to be shitting me. I probably I wouldn't have said the F word out loud in a theater. But I was mad. Like, I was, like, seriously. Because I, I love Terminator. Terminator, Terminator 2. Even with the trailer mishap that they gave
1: out, I thought Genesis was still a really good movie.
0: I liked it. And hell, I thought Salvation was good. Part 3, oh, yeah, part three was kind of, no, not Genesis. What was the one after Genesis? That oh god, I don't even remember. That's the one we're talking about. No, I'm talking about Genesis. That's the one
1: with Matt Smith in it.
0: But they've made. I'm getting. I'm getting them. The, the last two crossed up. The very last one was when yeah, you're right. It had I, I, old
1: man Arnold in it.
0: Yeah. Which was really, he had really Amelia.
1: Good. Uh, no, that was Genesis. Well the who last was, one is two. Who was
0: Sarah Connor in the most recent one? What's her
1: name? Linda
0: That's right, she came back. She came back for that role. That's true. Yeah. But they were shitting on that one and I was like, nah, that one was actually pretty good too. That wasn't too bad. But I'm getting them mixed up in my head. Maybe I need to go rewatch them. But I remember liking them. Do I hear watch along? Maybe. <laughs> um well, since we're sort of talking about movies... The, yeah, the first thing that I've just hit me right away, because, again, I went into this knowing absolutely nothing. I was like, that sounds like Chris Pine talking. And you're like, that is Chris Pine. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. They, they're putting up some money for this movie. Then, then I hear them playing a whole lot of love, and people don't realize how much money it costs to license songs for a movie.
1: Uh, it's It's licensed by the amount of seconds you play the song,
0: yeah, but it it's big, big money, yeah, like I've heard filmmakers say, I really wanted to use this song, but it was gonna cost so many million
1: well, you know they've somebody made the comment, I don't know if it was a Jay and Silent Bob or if it was Kevin Smith or if it was something else uh they could only afford thirty seconds worth of the song. And it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, if you've got Led Zeppelin in in your movie, you've paid millions. Oh, dude, I am so
1: glad you pulled that up because me and you were both. We wrong. said Rush.
0: I don't know why I was. I know I knew it was Led Zeppelin. I just had my wires crossed. Oh, uh, but so right away, I'm like, they put up some big money for this. Like this was not just a like the previous Dungeons and Dragons movies did not look like they were high-budgeted to no. me.
1: I mean, then again, anything D&D, unless you're in the D&D world, is not a high-budget uh, movie or game, video game.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing uh, for me, when it comes to D&D movies, I often ponder what makes this movie or this show or cartoon or what it may be, uniquely Dungeons and Dragons and not just another medieval Times yeah. movie. But I started seeing things I recognized. Well one it's
1: your monsters. Yeah, that's your, a big part. Uh of campaign setting. Yeah. Uh your characters. That's three things right off the top of my head that I would say would make it
0: that's something Vox Machina did really well. It it didn't feel like just a a Dun- Dungeons and Dragons-ish cartoon like you could tell it was the Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Well, for those that follow along with Critical Role, yes, they knew exactly what it was.
0: Yeah, but like they even made mention to things and references and oh yeah. It just you could tell it was it was but if uniquely D&D D- in if a way that you wasn't
1: a D&D fan and still watched
0: Vox Machina.
1: You could still enjoy it without yeah. knowing oh, yeah, anything definitely. about D&D. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. And and you know, you could go out and make a movie about dungeons, dragons, wizards and which they there's plenty of them Hundreds. that are not connected to Dungeons yes. and Dragons. But they just can't use the terminology. Yeah. Like like this movie did. And so and I noticed a couple of things, but I pulled up a, a video that we watched is I really highly recommend. It's um
1: Dungeons and Dragons, Honor uh, Among Todd, Thieves.
0: Todd Todd Kennerick is interviewing Chris Perkins, which Chris Perkins is uh, the Wizards of the Coast senior story designer. So he he does he writes, designs, creates D and D content,
1: and on that movie, he was the game something game design architect.
0: Yeah. And so he broke broke down in this interview on this YouTube video, he broke down the uh the trailer. And again, this isn't spoilers because this is all that's that's out there right now. He didn't he didn't go into spoiler territory, he just kinda broke down what is D and D about this trailer. Well, he
1: broke down what you've seen in the trailer, which was yeah. pretty awesome. And then gave some insight into the D and D world onto each character and monster and the campaign setting
0: which by the way and I think I mentioned this on the first part this is not going to come out what we're recording right now for at least a week could be up to two
1: well I mean they don't know and we're talking like that
0: we just watched the trailer it just came out and they're going to be like that trailer's been out but that's fine because again some people travel folks well some people are real sensitive about spoilers and so that'll that'll help with that as well, I think, because there's there's going to be some time pass. Surely they've seen the trailer by now, if they want to. Um, he mentioned that a uh, part of this movie takes place in Waterdeep, which is a town that we recognize because we've played in before. Yeah, which also lets you know that this movie takes place in the Forgotten Realms. Yep, which is good. That's where I like to play. That's my planet of choice. <laughs> Your plane of choice? Yeah, there you go. Uh you also mentioned Neverwinter, which we've dealt with we, before. We, yeah, we went to Neverwinter. Um you see in the trailer a mimic, which we haven't seen since we haven't uh, since I played second edition. That's what I was to say. Second edition Which all, all this stuff is from second edition, really. Well three point five they carried had. Um, You saw, and they even said in the trailer, they're like, what is that? And they're like, it's an owlbear. And we encounter owlbears all the time. And they said, he said something about owlbears I didn't know. Uh, An owlbear is just simply a wizard's experiment that that went awry. But did it go awry? Because owlbears are pretty awesome. People use them a lot. A displacer beast. Which I did not know about I didn't recognize that one. I did not... uh, He also mentioned a gelatinous cube.
1: I knew of them, but I don't think we've encountered one.
0: Well, he explained that the gelatinous cube came about because you have 10-foot squares. Or sometimes I do five. And they formed in 10-foot corridors, but they fit perfectly on a a space, on a a grid, if you're playing on one like we do. Uh, The Black Dragon... I want to know the difference between a black dragon and an acid dragon. He said on there. Well, because we we encountered, and I I think Clint could clean up my verbiage here. Uh, We encountered an acid dragon, and it was in a swamp. And he said black dragons usually hang around in swamps, and they dissolve people. They spit out this, at least this one did, this black goo. They just dissolves you. That's also what an acid dragon does. Yeah. Um. I think it's spit out green though, so they may be two different things. I always or, thought acid dragons were green dragons. Don't ask me why. No, there is I a green dragon that's that's different. Um. Oh, and talk about casting—you don't just have Chris Pine; you have the the redheaded girl from it.
1: I had I got her name. Pull her name up.
0: up. I want to give her a shout out. Cause she did a really good job with uh, the grown-up version. You know the. It movie is split in half. She played the younger version. Oh, that's right. She played the younger version, uh, not the older. Sophia oldest. Lillis. And she's playing a tiefling. Which is awesome. So we're getting out of second edition with that. So I guess this is not particularly any edition of D&D. This is just the D&D world.
1: But it also has Michelle Rodriguez in it. Mm-hmm. And... Hugh Grant's in it. Chloe Coleman, she was on, she used to play on a lot of movies with The Rock as a as a little kid. Man, there's so many people in this movie that it doesn't really do me justice to tell you who's in it. Yeah. Because you don't really know them off the top of your head until you actually see who it is. Then you're like, oh yeah, I know who yeah, I know who that is.
0: I do that all the time.
1: Well we done that with Sophia. And like,
0: we we talk about familiar. so many so many actors that I I get my wires crossed and I'll just have a, a brain fog and forget yeah. somebody's name who that I know that I know their name and it's on the tip of my tongue. But um they also mentioned the underdark. He says that there's I was because I was kind of curious about that. He said it shows in the trailer. You see a, a glimpse of the Underdark, and I'm like, "How do you know it's the Underdark? Because there's settings and places that could look sort of like the Underdark without actually being it."
1: But he said the Underdark um, is actually anything underground.
0: Yeah, but you could be, you know, <coughs> it could it could look underdarkish. Yeah. Um. Oh, and there's this. Um. A certain well, it's a prison. That they wanted to use for a module. Well, I don't know if he designed no. this for the movie or it showed up they in a module. To use it but in that the module, movie. that and, module, he—I remember hearing about a while back, like in 2018.
1: Well, he said when they first started writing it, they wanted to use this certain this prison, and there wasn't anything in the D and D world, uh, so he made it into yeah. a module. That way, no, they it showed up in it. a module
0: later on. He created it. Yeah, but he created it and he calls it Revel's End and it's a cool looking prison. It's a frigid prison or frost prison. Yeah. But it's it's pretty cool looking. And uh the only other thing they really kinda tell you or reveal is that it's called uh Honor Among Thieves. Honor Among Thieves, and you've got this group of thieves. Let me just read. This is like the, the description of the trailer. A charming thief and a band of unlucky, unlikely adventurers undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves brings the rich world and playful spirit of the legendary role-playing game to the big screen in a hilarious and action-packed adventure. Um, I'm ready to go watch it. Chris Pine's character appears to be a human, but... As you know, in D&D, things are seldom what they appear. Well,
1: so does Michelle Uh, Rodriguez's character, but you really didn't get a full... Yeah. She almost was like a a warrior or a barbarian. Is she she not the one that shapeshifted? No, that's the tiefling. Okay. That's the one that Sophia Lillis is
0: playing. Yeah, because she turned into something else. So, anyway, that's all we know is what we saw, and... uh, he kind of did a deep dive on this video. It's just a twenty-minute video. Um, this is one of those movies I think we need to do our best
1: to go just, to the theater and watch.
0: Oh, absolutely! Just type in Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer Easter eggs, and uh, you can watch that video that we watched to kind of shed some light on you know what what you can expect that's D and D related in this movie. So that leads me to one last question that I have about the D&D movies. Uh-oh. Where in the f*** is the du Duorden movie? We've been waiting for that for 30 years. I, that's Dritz be a- is the most popular character in Dungeons and & Dragons. And that might be why they haven't done it. They created the Underdark just... Well, I say they are a Salvatore, our real pop culture alum, ring the bell. We sit it too far away. You said it over there.
1: Why don't you horrible. put it beside you, because that was horrible.
0: That was terrible. It was pinned under the monitor. Yeah, we were interviewing Ari Salvadori when he wrote, like, one of the Dritz books, like, four books ago or five books ago. Yeah, I don't even remember how long ago it's been. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, it was in the first year or two of the podcast infancy.
0: Yeah, I'll have to go back and look and tell you what episode that is. And I tried to get him back on, because I was in touch with his agent later on when he did another book. He was doing his book tour thing and I reached out to his agent, but I don't know if he still got the same agent or or what, but I never got a reply. But she was cool, man. She even sent us a digital copy of the book and I think they sent us physical she, she copies. They sent us two copies, physical yeah, copies. One to that keep we gave and one away. to give away. Yeah. Or maybe we gave both of them away.
1: No, Anthony, I think Anthony or Clint got one of them. And then we I gave then we one gave away one to a listener. Yeah.
0: I don't remember who won it either. That's been years ago. Were they signed? I don't know. I have to ask Anthony. But yeah, that that was really cool. And, and I'm like, we gotta have. I mean, eventually we're gonna have to have a Dritz movie. Don't get me wrong. This movie looks cool. I stand by it. It looks cool. Well, I'm know, gonna. Enjoy, this, I feel like I'm gonna really enjoy if this. If This
1: movie goes over well. We might start seeing more. Be yeah, in the underdarkness, Yeah. The last three Dungeons and Dragons movies that were just Dungeons and Dragons did not go over well at all. And I'm not counting Knights of Badassdom in that. Because that technically wasn't a D&D movie.
0: It was just a LARP movie. Yeah. but I Still mean, as awesome as that movie was. Yes. I highly recommend you watch Knights of Badassdom. It is as funny as the name sounds.
1: It, it is awesome.
0: Maybe, since they're introducing the Underdark, they may be massaging the idea of this leading into... Yeah. A Dritz situation. Now what I would not want to see is Dritz just be a a throwaway like cameo in a D and D movie. It would be
1: fine just to introduce him.
0: Like he deserves his own trilogy movie. (laughs) Like the Dritz saga. I mean, good God, there's what, thirty three books? That's what I was gonna say. There's a bunch. Let me look that up. We need Anthony here. 37 books. The Legend of Dritz is a series of fantasy novels by Ari Salvador that began in 1988. I said the 90s. And consists of 37 books as of August 2021. And if I'm not mistaken, he's writing another book right as we speak. And he don't just write Dritz books. No. So, he's a book writing son of gun. He's writing a book right now, listening to Real Pop Culture I doubt he's listening to real pop culture, but I mean he's he is in the, writing another he work. is in the real pop culture universe because he's been on our show oh yes that puts him in in the universe, so it is possible that he is listening what's up r a come back see us sometime
1: editor's note we went back and looked and r a was on the podcast for episode twenty one and episode twenty two It was a special two-part series we did. So when you get done with this, go back and listen to it.
0: But no, that's the thing that just blows my mind is what are they waiting for? Like it's almost to the point to where the younger kids are almost kind of over it because I mean they still know of Dritz, but he's been out for so long. I've been around for so long. Like you don't see people cosplaying and and stuff like that. And like as much fan art and as much hype of course it would easily re-emerge say, if there was if a movie if they did a
1: movie it would it would bounce back harder than one of those super bouncy balls
0: It, but don't do like don't do like the Guns N' Roses reunion and like wait too long to where and I can't say it it's not that nobody cares because obviously there's people going to their concerts but man if they'd have reunited like 15-20 years before they did wow it would have been just the biggest news in the world. But they almost waited so long that it was like, well, we just just got used to the idea that it's not going to happen and just moved on.
1: Well, they mentioned it so many times that it just, nobody knew if it was actually real or not this time.
0: Not to get on a Guns N' Roses uh, tangent, but uh, you know they called their reunion tour the Not In This Lifetime Tour? Yeah. Because there's a famous interview. Axel Axl Rose. It was basically paparazzi was following him, asking him questions. And one of them said, will there? Will you ever reunite with Slash? And he said, not in this lifetime. So when they got back together, they called the tour, not in this lifetime tour. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat. So anyway, I want to see a Dritz movie. Or a Dritz series wouldn't be bad.
1: That, that would be I don't know where you or- would put
0: it. Like, I don't know who... Who's put... Who is... Uh, the studio that's doing this—is it not like, Wizards
1: of the Coast doing it?
0: But like the, uh, they—they would probably release it under the under another. Let me see. There may you know, not be. I've got it pulled up. Release date: March third, twenty twenty-three. Wow, we got a we got a lot of waiting to do. Plot to be determined. It doesn't say what movie studio. Is releasing Paramount Pictures, Vertigo Entertainment, and All Spark Pictures. So, does that mean if they released a Drift series, it would be on Paramount Plus? It would. Or, I don't know how that works. It'd be whoever they they use. The the studio has to buy the rights to it. Like,
1: I, I really don't know. Like,
0: Warner Brothers owns Batman. So, if you did a Batman movie and you had, like, real pop culture productions, real pop culture productions would have to buy the rights to make a Batman movie from Warner Brothers, which they would not do, but you know what I mean. If we had the money, they would. Nah, I doubt it. That's a sandbox they're still having fun playing in. Usually, would you can buy the rights to something, um, like, it's crazy if you look up how many times people bought the rights for He-Man from Mattel to make a He-Man movie and they never made the movie. And then the... Because you've only got it for a certain amount of time then it goes back. You're basically like leasing the rights. Yeah. Because then it goes back to the owner, which would be Mattel. And uh, there's been like 15 He-Man movie scripts written. They've even started uh, casting at one point. Of course, you know, there was a He-Man movie like In the 80s, late, early 90s. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren was He-Man.
1: Which was great back then, but I've rewatched it and
0: did not hold up well at all. You know what's funny is I was kind of right the opposite. I was mad that it didn't look like the cartoon, so I didn't like it. But then I've gone back and watched it later, and it's still cheesy because it's 80s sci-fi. But it, it also had a a characteristic to it that was, I don't know, eighties. Maybe that's why I liked it. I'm a child of the eighties. Yeah, but when I rewatched it, it wasn't as. I mean, there were some cringy moments, but it wasn't as bad as.
1: I didn't say it was bad. I just say it didn't hold. I guess up my as well. at that
0: the second time I watched it, like thirty years later, my grudge was. I was Wrong. over. I was over my phase. Yeah, the only person that looked similar at all of what I'm used to would be Skeletor like nobody looked like they're supposed to look and I didn't like that when I was a kid so that was the main thing I was going to talk about was that, uh, that trailer we just watched what else you got
1: really hadn't got anything else I mean I noticed that there's been some uh, new Black Adam news that's popped out uh, not a whole lot to say about it because I think we've already touched on it in a previous episode
0: Uh, By the time you hear this, there will be a new episode of Death Savers published. Go check that out.
1: I think we talked about that on on the first part.
0: Yeah. That's what I hate about doing half of a podcast one day. And we've done so much material over this past weekend that...
1: Everything's kind of bleeding together.
0: Yeah. I don't know what I talked about on which episode. Which that's not abnormal for me anyway, to not remember.
1: You know what? I think we can uh, we can sign it off and uh, go ahead and edit this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to get a jump on editing this. What episode number would this be? 184. Are you sure? I'm always confident. Sometimes you're confident and wrong, though.
1: Well, I didn't say I wasn't wrong. I just said I was confident. But no, this is 184. Because episode day two of TupeloCon was uh, 183 when i edit them i have a i I pretty much uh
0: yeah you name them slightly different like more descriptively than i do
1: well it helps me keep up with them because i've got everything archived on my computer so
0: remind me to publish this when we get off of here because i didn't have time to do it today i'm going to do it right now
1: you hear it folks we're we're publishing it right no we're not
0: (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 184. We've been broadcasted live from high top of the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bud.
1: Love you, main it.